Hey everyone, welcome into the Logged On At Least podcast. This is your Wednesday edition of the show. I'm Mike DeSefno with Dave Morissuti. We're going to be doing a little bit of draft talk today. Bob McKenzie, the Bob Father, put out his final rankings for TSN today for the NHL draft next week. And a bit of a bombshell at who he has at number one. We'll tell you all about that. Maybe some of the Leafs, uh, some guys the Leafs could be targeting in the draft. They got picked number 25 this year. And uh, got to play a little bit of cosign, no sign as well to end off the show. Should be a fun one. Uh, can't wait. Let's get right into it. You're listening to Locked On Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Before we get into all the hockey talk, David Morissuti, did the Toronto Blue Jays purposely wait until the hockey season to be over to say, okay, summer's here. It's time for us to get going in the city. You think that's what happened? I mean, the last couple of days have been glorious from the Blue Jays. Um, I should have worn my Blue Jays. Actually, you know what? since you brought it up, we'll give the boys a little bit of a shout out. There it is. Vladdy G walking it off with a single tonight slash last night. I guess by the time you're listening to this, shout out Vladdy. They, they realize I have a bet on them to win the AL East. And yeah, like, all right. Good. It's not looking great, though. No, it's not looking great. But they're like, you know what? We're going to try for Dave. We're going to try for Dave. Dave and Mike. Mike and Dave. Mike and Dave need wedding dates. How have I never actually put that put that together? <laughs> I've never put that together. That I've weird, watched like, Mike in such Dave. a long time. I know, and I love Adam Devine. Anyways, off the rails already. Welcome into the Lockdown Leafs podcast. You one-stop shop for all things Leafs and Apparently, pop culture and baseball as well. Uh, <laughs> I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Got Dave Morissuti, my co host, with me, also a writer for the NHLPA. Locked on Leafs, the daily Maple Leaf centric podcast. So be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcast from. You can also now catch us up uh, on YouTube now. To watch it uh, on the video platform that's locked on Leafs on YouTube. Check it out, subscribe. That'd be greatly appreciated. And the comment that we want you guys to leave in the video down below right now is who are you targeting in the NHL entry draft? You know, we're we're just about uh, just under a, a week away or so. I guess it'll be a week tomorrow. I guess a week tomorrow is when the NHL draft will start. And uh, so I guess who are you looking at? Who are some guys in and around pick 25, that range that you're interested in the least potentially grabbing? Write that down below. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, the listeners love to hear what you guys would have to say. We'll tell you some guys who we believe the least could target uh, a little bit later on in the show. But why don't we get to uh, the draft rankings? Because uh, Bob McKenzie came out with his draft rankings today. Uh, Dave, and, you know, this. these are the ones that everybody kind of looks forward to. You know, the Bob Father himself comes out with these each and every year. He pulls 10 general managers in the league, and that's how he comes up with his rating system. So, um, you know, it's not com- like exact science, but I-, I was told that the last 10 guys who he had rated at number one did go number one in the draft. And you can look at it on the screen right now if you're watching on YouTube. But if you're listening, 
Shane Wright is not the number one prospect on Bob McKenzie's draft board. It's Yuri Slavkovsky, the winger, the winger out of the Czech League, the Slovakian. Um, sorry, out of the out of the Finnish league, Slovakian yeah. winger, six foot four, two hundred and thirty pounds. He was unbelievable at the Olympics. He was great in the World Championships, and ultimately is now the top prospect according to um, you know most of the guys who Bob McKenzie pulled in the uh, of the ten, I guess that he pulled. So I suppose if he took a, another ten guys, it could be a little different. But Yaroslavkovsky. All the way up to number one uh, in Bob McKenzie's final draft rankings. Shane Wright, number two, with Logan Cooley rounding out the top three. Were you surprised to wake up to this this morning, Dave? A little bit. A little bit. Because we kind of had already thought that Shane Wright would be that guy at number one. We heard about it all year. I understand that there's been a lot of talk about who goes after him. But there was never really talk about who number one it could be. And even Shane Wright has come out flat out and said he kind of expects to be first overall. Like yeah. this is so yeah, it's a little surprise, but I also just think in all respect to the Bob father, the Montreal Canadians, I think have also kind of, they, they can't show all their cards, but everyone kind of figures that Shane Wright will be their guy. So, but yeah, the other guys, maybe, they, they just, maybe well, not though. Maybe not, though. I mean, what if one of the guys who they pulled was someone in the Montreal organization? They even said, Slavkovsky's the better player. You never know. What I find interesting is, um, you can go check out the piece. You can read the entire, his whole rankings with some really good analysis and whatnot. But part of the analysis and part of the article that he put out there was a quote from one general manager that said, he doesn't necessarily look at either of these two as top-line players. Like He believes that Shane Wright will be a high-level number two center and maybe a low-level number one, and it's kind of similar to Slavkovsky, a high-level top six center who has a chance to break into that top-line uh, – or winger, sorry – has a chance to break into that top-line winger category at some point. And that's not what I was anticipating – coming into the draft just based on all the fanfare we heard about Shane Wright, his entire junior career. No, and, and it's funny because it's almost similar to Alexi Lafreniere right now, right? You know, this guy was a first overall pick, and he hasn't even sniffed being a top-line player for the New York Rangers. Now, granted, he doesn't have to be a top-line player for the Rangers because he is, you know, on a really good team that kind of got fortunate to get the first overall pick, right, when we look back at that draft lottery but i i also think it's the expectations of these guys like I, when i think about first overall elite can't miss talent i think of what next year's draft is going to put up with the connor bedard right like that's yeah, the, the russian kid i can't remember his name right now but he's supposed to be unbelievable too right so like that's what we're talking about when we're thinking of that can't miss top elite number yeah, one yeah right Shane Wright is a very good player. His comparable is Patrice Bergeron. Patrice Bergeron is a number one center in the NHL, but it took him a lot of time to get there. It did, but people got to remember, comparable just means it's the style of game that yeah. he plays, right? Like, you could also look at that and say, okay, Patrice Bergeron, well, how about maybe like a, a Phil Deneau with a little bit more offensive instinct to him? Like, uh -huh. as far as being a, a defensive defense or being a defensive forward and, and being a, 
a responsible defensively at the very least, you know, in a, in the ill. Cause when you use Patrice Bergeron, I feel like you put such sky high expectations for sure where I'm not sure Shane Wright will ever be able to fulfill those. Like if Montreal is hoping to get a future, future Bergeron in Shane Wright, I don't think he's ever going to meet those expectations, which is unfair to him because those are unreasonably high. So he plays a, a style similar to Bergeron, but I don't think he has quite the skill level that Bergeron has. And I don't know if he'll ever become what Bergeron became in his career, but I could still see him being an effective two-way centerman in the NHL, a guy who could get you, you know, 70 ish points, maybe as an 80 point year, um, maybe, but you know, in terms of being a superstar talent in the NHL, I mean, I guess when you're with an original six team and a squad like Montreal, I guess you have the chance to always be a star, but in terms of being like a top line talent who could contend for, you know, first NHL all-star teams and all-star nominations and, you know, compete for Art Rosses and Selkies and whatnot, not sure if he's going to live up to all of that top billing that he once had. And that comes with being compared to guys like Patrice Bergeron. And I will say that this is not my comparison. These are comparisons I have seen. Oh, absolutely. My- absolutely. I've seen John Tavares is a, uh, is another comparison that I've heard a lot. And, and I think Tavares is probably more appropriate than um, than Patrice Bergeron, to be quite honest with you. Uh, and I would say at this point in his career, John Tavares is probably a high-end number two at, at this point. Like, so it's what he was. He was a number one, but now he's over 30, and he's just uh, a, a number two center. That's, that's what he is here in Toronto. He's a number two guy. Um, and, and maybe that's what Shane Wright can be. Is that – like solid out of a number one pick, sure, potentially. Doesn't seem to be an overly strong draft, but uh, it, Montreal is definitely going to have a, a a choice to make here because for a while that's the sexy pick. Shane Wright was kind of the consensus number one all along up until now. I think I saw Corey Promen of the Athletic had Yuri Slavkovsky as his number one prospect, and now we see it on Bob McKenzie's list. I think Craig Button still thinks that. Shane Wright has been his number one guy, and he put out his list about a week ago and still had Shane Wright as his number one dude. I don't see him wavering off of that, but we'll see what Montreal decides to pick. Either way, they're going to get a really good prospect and a guy who's going to come in and help him year one, I believe. Um, So they're going to be happy. But I think when you're in Montreal and you're looking for the pop, Shane Wright will get you that pop a lot more than Slavkovsky will uh, at, at, you know, the Bell Center on july 7th i think yeah i i also think i mean uh sam constantino from Sportsnet. he's also another guy that i like to read for his draft stuff and Absolutely. and he's had shane wright um top i'm pretty sure on every single list i don't know if he's yeah. got one post uh memorial cup i i think he usually does one just before the draft um but yeah still won the memorial cup championships tonight so maybe we'll see one come out uh, in the next Couple of days right. he, he had one on June fifteenth, and his most latest one has Shane Wright number one. So yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I, we'll see who they end up taking. But I think either way, they're still going to get a good quality player and someone who's going to help uh, help Montreal for for many many years to come. Um, so that's the number one pick. And so I just spent ten minutes talking about who goes at number one. Is it is it going to be Yuri or is it going to be Shane? I, the fight for right sounds. It sounded great. I don't know if we can come up with like one a moniker for Slavkovsky anymore now that he's the number one uh, guy according to Bob McKenzie's rankings. But maybe maybe somebody down below could think of something interesting 
about uh, Yuri Slavkovsky. Can you come up with some sort of fun draft tag that uh, would make sense? A fun little, um, you know, some wordplay there. I don't know. I, I haven't heard anything, so maybe somebody can come up with that. Uh, before we get into the rest of Bob McKenzie's draft rankings and get to some of the guys who the Maple Leafs may be targeting and a little bit of cosign no sign, let me tell you guys all about one of today's show sponsors, and that's betonline.net. It's your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find all the latest developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs, the Major League Baseball playoffs, and BetOnline is your source for podcasts, news, and uh, news and scores from around the season. You can head to the website today or your, use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Welcome back into the Locked On Leaves podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morissuti with me. We're taking a look at the NHL draft rankings for this upcoming draft, which is about a week away. July 7th is uh, is the date of the draft. It's coming up next week. And we're looking at Bob McKenzie's draft rankings. These are our, you know, ones that everybody likes to kind of comb through because he's polling actual NHL general managers and coming up with the rankings through their eyes, not his eyes, through their eyes. And uh, we just went through it. A- According to the 10 players that he, or uh, the 10 GMs that he had pulled, Yuri Slavkovsky has a narrow lead. He got five of the 10 votes. Shane Ray got four. And I want to say Logan Cooley got the other one. Um, so Yuri Slavkovsky, just narrowly the number one prospect on uh, on the board there for Bob McKenzie. But let's continue to look through the rest of this top 10 here. So Logan Cooley, an American kid, uh, another center. He's, you know, incredibly skilled. He comes in as a number three prospect. Seaman Nemich coming in at number four defenseman, another Slovakian defenseman, uh, six foot, 200 pounds. I think he's going to be a real solid piece. Cutter Goche is a guy who's moved up draft boards a little bit. And I've heard some pl- some. Um, draft experts come out and say that he's a, an under-the-radar kind of player, and, and people are glad to see him getting that top-five consideration because he could be one of the, you know, a, a bit of a steal in the draft if he falls into the late, uh, you know, I guess closer to the middle of the first round, just on the edge of top-ten status. Uh, Joachim Kemmel coming in at number seven. Oh, sorry, David Juracek coming in at number six. Joachim Kemmel coming in at seven. Jonathan Lacrami, I what is that? Lacramaki. There we go. Yeah, Lacramaki comes in at number eight. Matt Savoy, ranked ninth from the Winnipeg Ice in the WHL. And then Marco Kaspar of uh, Rogel of the SHL, another forward, coming in to round out the top ten in uh, Bob McKenzie's NHL draft rankings. Matt Savoy probably is is like the biggest name out of all of these guys because he was somebody who also applied the same year that Shane Wright got exceptional status. Matt Savoy applied in the WHL and he didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching Matt Savoy play at the Canada Games back in 2017, uh, back when he and Wright were both I think they were like 14 years old at the time, playing with 15 year olds, and. Um, did, <sighs> Savoy's a hell of a talent, man. Like a hell of a talent. I, I personally, I thought Savoy had more skill than Shane Wright did. 
Shane Wright, definitely a bigger body, right? He's six foot one. Whereas you look at Matt Savoy, five nine, buck seventy, didn't quite fill out as much as Shane Wright ended up filling out. And that's probably a big reason why Matt Savoy isn't still considered a top three prospect. Like he looked like he was going to be his rookie year in the WHL, just didn't hit that growth spurt like uh, like most had hoped. But still a hell of a talent, and uh, potentially you move him out to the wing, and he could end up being. Uh, one skilled dude who could score a lot of goals and set up a lot in uh, in the NHL. So that is the top 10. I'll add one more thing on Matthew Savoy. I found this pretty interesting. Sam Costantino says a combination of Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Kane. Yeah. Pure yeah, offense, defense is a glaring issue, apparently. Yeah, and that comes down, like, not technically, but, like, size is a big reason why. You know, defensively, it may not be there the way that you want it, but dude's got immense skill. Like I said, I thought he was the more skilled player out of Shane Wright um, back when when they were 14 years old, and he still kept up that skill. I mean, the guy had, what, 35 goals this year in the WHL? So, you know, he, he could put the puck in the back of the net. He's not uh, he's not shy to, uh, to, to provide some offense. Why don't you go through um, prospects 11 through 20? All right, yeah. So we've got Kevin Korchinski from Seattle, big, pretty big size defenseman. We got uh, Pavel Mintikov. 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 I don't even know why I didn't even say it like that. Mintikov from Saginaw. Your boy Connor Geeky from Winnipeg Ice. Big. Mintikov's my guy too. Mintikov's my guy too. He was on my team for the top prospects game. Both those dudes. Yeah, so we got Connor Geeky, who a little higher than I've seen on other rankings. Uh, I think I've seen him. Well, I th- actually I've seen him higher on Costantino's. He had him at eleven, so around in that range. We got Danila Urov from uh, the KHL. We got Frank Nazar from the USA HL. That guy's Frank- got wheels, man. That guy's got a set of wheels on him. Frank Naz- Nazar, I think it's it's. Uh- pronounced yeah he's i think i was reading um that he's got the 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 best wheels in the entire draft fastest skater in the draft so um we don't really hear about we don't really like they don't really test that like who's the fastest skater they we don't hear much about that not too much they do a little bit at like the chl prospects game they did do like some skills competitions and whatnot um which i think is kind of cool that's why you know, a lot of people go in the day before um and they'll go in they'll watch the practices because that's somewhat where you can pick up on on some of that stuff um and i know they do technically do like at the combine some tests they do the testing i i I wrote about well i had to look at all the results and put them onto a a, a spreadsheet but it's not like the nfl draft where it's like there's a 40 time it's not like they end them blue line to blue line you know how fast can you can you travel 200 feet on the ice yeah they don't necessarily sit there with a stopwatch and uh, see who the fastest guy is. Which, I mean, maybe you should. Maybe you should. We're, we're, I think we've. I think we've gotten something here. I don't know why the draft doesn't do more of a combine type of thing. I think they could totally do like a skills competition. They got the. They got the facilities to do it. Absolutely. I mean, they go into. They're in Buffalo when they do these. They're inside hockey rinks when they do this stuff. One hundred percent, it could be done. I don't know why they don't. They just do like the the physical testing and and that's it. I don't know why, but whatever is what it is, I suppose. I think another a big reason why is because they know that these players still have so much more development to do 
run the NFL, it's like, okay, these guys are going to play for us now, right? So they want to see where they're at now in terms of strength and speed and development. Um, That's probably the the reason for it. But, hey, man, you you talk about opportunities to, you know, evolve your game and get more eyeballs on it and, you know, ways to generate revenue. That's potentially one, right? All right, so we'll continue with the list here. We have Brad Lambert out of the Finnish League. We have Jimmy uh, Snuggerud. I think I said that right, from the USHL. We have Yuri Kulich from the Czech League. Ivan Miroshinchenkov. Miroshinchenkov. Oh, my God, that was terrible. It was not even a V there, my guy. I don't know. I, I, I see when I see big names like that, it just it just it, I freeze a little bit. That's why I can't make a good play by play guy. But I do get a chance to get the phonetics if I do do that. So he's in the. We got Snechenko, looks like Miroshnechenko. OK, see, that's why. But Mike's more of a play by play guy than I am. So don't don't fault me on that one. Isaac Howard uh, from the USHL. Now we're starting to get into the the 20s here. So now yeah. we're getting, you know, Liam Olgren. This is yeah. a guy I have heard, you know, in the you know, the Swedish League. We know how much the Leafs like their Swedes. I've heard it in the comments. I don't know. Yeah, yeah the, the, our Discord pops off all the time now that the draft is starting to starting to pick up. You can go follow our Discord and join the community down uh, in the mm-hmm. comments section below. You'll see, or in the notes section, you'll see where you can join there. And, yeah, they're talking about prospects all the time. And, you know, he's somebody, Liam Ogren, Noah Ostland, who comes in at number 22. Like, we're at that point in in the rankings here where we're looking at Maple Leafs draft considerations, right? These are the type of players that are going to be available when the Leafs pick at 25, assuming that they decide to keep their pick. We don't know yet. Noah Ostland was 19 on Sam Costantino's rankings. So just for people who are wondering. Mm, he had a really good um, under 18s and kind of boosted his draft ranking. He really, really did. Uh, so, you know, I think that he's going to be he, – he's a decent player. But another one that's – you know, he's a skilled player. And, and I don't know if that's necessarily where I see the Leafs at right now. Uh, I guess you got to think about a couple of years from now. Maybe they will need a little bit more speed and skill in their lineup. Um, but yeah, let's see. Well, let's keep going in in this list, and then in the next the next break, we can kind of break it down to guys who we think the the least to go after. Owen Pickering, twenty three, uh, coming in at twenty third on Bob McKenzie's rankings here. Another one of the guys who I coached down at uh, the prospects game. Big boy, six four, buck eighty. He'll probably grow into that frame. And uh, that, that, that's a big, big body out there. Denton Matejchuk, big time guy. I, this guy, I love that guy when I was coaching him. Um, really smart player, too. So Denton Matejchuk's another one of those players out from the WHL defenseman. Uh, so he comes in at 24, 25, which is the pick that the Leafs do have. And the player that is in that slot on Bob McKenzie's rankings, Ryan Chesley um, from uh, the USHL of the Americans. Um, you know, six foot defenseman, 200 pounds. Yeah. We'll see what he can end up being. I'm not, I'm not too familiar with, uh, with Ryan Chesley. It's kind of a name that has popped up more recently. Wasn't one that was in this range, um, you know, for a majority of the draft process. So he's a bit, he's, he's one of those guys who seem to be rising a little bit here in the process. I got his, uh, Sam scouting report here. I can just quickly read through it here. 
Um, so he is a, well, he ended the season on a personal high playing for all situations for team USA at the U 18s, a two way defenseman who scores more goals than most defenders playing the same role. Cable distributor at times will rush the puck has improved his game engine with the puck on a stick, a sound competitive defenseman who gaps up and battles moves. Well, no real holes in his games projects to be a solid number four as a pro. You take it. And he's a right shot as well. Just yeah. gonna throw that in there as well. Uh, right shot, top four defenseman. That's a commodity around the NHL. That's absolutely a commodity around the NHL. Um, so that's someone definitely to kind of keep an eye on as the Maple Leafs pick in this range and technically at pick 25, funny enough. So Ryan Chesley, maybe another one of those guys. And we know that they, they're not shy to, to go the USHL rate uh, route. They like their Americans. Um Who's their the guy they took from the Chicago? Uh, who's Ryan Hardy? Is Ryan Hardy? Is he the one from the Chicago team? I always get it mixed up with their AGM and the guy who was. You are, yeah, that is uh, he is the senior director of uh, of player personnel. Perfect. I always get him and their performance coach mixed up. I'm pretty sure they have a similar name. If I'm not mistaken, but anyways, Ryan Hardy, I did get the right name. You know, he, he's a guy who knows this league very, very well. And I think, uh, you know, it, it went well last year. They took Matthew Nyes in the second round and he turned out to be quite the talent. So I could see them definitely going the USHL route again. Um, Cause it's turned out well for them a, a couple of times. Nick Abrazzese, another perfect example of a player who went the USHL route, then to the college. And now here he is making an impact in the NHL. Yeah, Nick Abuzese also played for the Chicago Steel, so if that's the player you're thinking of, that might have been him. So, um, yeah, uh, where do we leave off on the list here? Liam Bischel comes in at number 26, another defenseman. This is a big boy. Six <laughs> foot five, 225 pound Swedish defenseman. That gets my attention, David. That gets my attention for sure. I would say I got a little. I got a few notes on uh, this guy here as well from Sam. Uh, so why don't, why don't we? Why don't we take a break? Actually, let's okay. take a quick break when we get back. Let's get into Liam Bush, Bushel and uh, is it Bishel? Bishel? I'm butchering that name. But when we get back, uh, butchers the names. I know. Well, you know, can you zoom in slightly? I feel like I'm squinting, trying to get, trying to read these names a little bit. But uh, why don't we take a quick break when we get back into the pod? uh, We'll let you know about this player and a couple other guys here as we round out the top. uh, Well, I think he's got actually what top fifty or top hundred players on this list technically. But we'll just roll through. Pretty well, the guys who might be going in the Toronto range here in the first round. So we'll continue the discussion on the other side. You're listening to the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti with me. We're rolling through the draft rankings provided to us by TSN's Bob McKenzie. He pulled 10 current general managers in the NHL, and these are the rankings that he was able to get out of them. So he compiled all of their rankings, and this is how it spit out. Um, So it's not Bob's rankings, it's the general manager's rankings, which is typically why um, these are 
almost like a Bible, right? Like very yeah. rarely do uh, do we see guys go, you know, extremely out of order. There's not many surprises. Uh, and typically, like at the end of the day, when you look at the, 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 the first round, 32 players, typically Bob will have 29 of, uh, of the top 32 selected and maybe a couple of guys who are outside that aren't. So these are pretty, pretty dead on in terms of, where guys are are relatively valued and where they could potentially go. And we've gotten to the point in our rankings where this is Maple Leaf sighting. This is the 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 section, the value where we think uh, the Maple Leafs could be selecting at. And we left off at number 26, Liam Bischel. Um, Bischel, I don't really know how to pronounce that, but uh, he's just a big-time Swedish defenseman. Um, and you were just saying that Sam Cosentino has a nice little – write up a, a bit of a scouting report on this big time defenseman. So why don't you tell us what Sam had to say about uh, this young man? Yeah, I'm just pulling it up because I did have it. And I, for some reason, let me just do this. <laughs> I'm just dropping the ball on this one, aren't I? Oh, boy. All right, here we go. Another big, powerful defender. I mean, guy's six foot five. He's I think he's at, listed at two twenty five. Two twenty five. Yeah. Um, five so, and a half, David. Six, five and a half. Sorry, every inch matters. When but at eighteen, man, like this dude's gonna keep growing. Like he could be Zidane Chara before we know it. Yeah. So what he likes about uh, about this defender is he can gap well thanks to a long stride. He has a massive reach, and for his size, he has excellent mobility. Oh, love like that. A friend Some of mine, mobility. A friend of mine who used to play hockey. He says, one thing you want to see with a big guy at this age is how is their skating? If they got problems skating now, really hard to develop yourself into a high-end skater later on, especially at that size. So he he says, if you're looking at drafting a big guy, especially in the early rounds, look at their skating. Sure, they can improve, but you want to see your high-end prospects have high-end skating ability. So... Good to see that there's a guy um, that has uh, has that in that range for the Leafs. Yeah, so uh, another guy in the range where the Maple Leafs might be uh, might be taking a peek at a Liam Bissell. Rudy, or sorry, Rutger McGrordy is another player who I constantly see uh, Leafs Twitter and our Discord talking about this guy being the apple of the eye of a lot of uh, draft Twitter who are selecting for the Maple Leafs, Rutger McGrory, another one of those USHL guys who had a pretty good season, you know, 35 goals um, for this kid. He's a winger. He's a big, solid kid, 6'1", 204 pounds as a winger going to college next season. Um, that's the type of player that I think a lot of Leaf fans want the the Toronto Maple Leafs to, to go out and get because he's got that physical side, that physical tendency to him. So I think that uh, this is a player for sure. If he's sitting there at 25, the Maple Leafs will be thinking long and hard about selecting Rutger McGrory, also one of the best names in the first round. One of, one of for sure. I also love Denton Matejuk. Great name. That's that's such a typical hockey name. It's a dub name. That's a dub name for sure. <laughs> for sure. Is there a a, um, a write up on McGrory? Yes, I have one right here. Captain of Team USA's under eighteen team. There is much to like, but also areas of his game that need improvement. 
He has a good stick and ability to make plays in the hard areas coming off the boards and net front. Bridge a combination of power and playmaking, equal parts goal scorer, distributor. When physically engaged, he gives opponents all they can handle. Skating has room for improvement. He gets two places but has to be pushing full throttle at all times to be effective. His off-the-puck play and overall three-zone detail ranges. All right. So there it is. There it is for uh, for Rucker Rugrorty, a potential prospect that the Maple Leafs could, uh, could have some interest in come July 7th. All right. Nathan Goucher comes in at 28th on Bob McKenzie's uh, NHL draft rankings out of the QMJHL. He's a big centerman. Big centerman, six foot three, two hundred and seven pounds. Scored thirty goals this year uh, in sixty six games for uh, the Quebec Ramparts. So Nathan Goucher, another one of those players. I believe I also had Goucher at uh, at the the prospects game, if I'm not mistaken. Either he was on my team or or the other team, but that name does sound familiar to me. Uh, but the Leafs also could be looking at center, right? Like they don't have much in the pipeline when no. it comes to when it comes to pivots, like outside of what who do they have Roni Irvinen, Alex Steves, those guys aren't top six centermen. They don't have anybody to replace, you know, a Matthews or, or a, a Tavares at whatever point, even if it's just injury, they don't have anyone to replace those guys without having to, you know, kick a, a Marner or a Kerfoot or a, a, um, a Nylander into the center of the ice. They could definitely, Look at a guy like Goucher or a guy who's next, Luca Del Bell Blues, another centerman um, close to home, Mississauga. You know, from the OHL, he would love, probably love to to be a Toronto boy who would end up in in Toronto. You, I see center. You say, that. You say that? that, and he's actually made it a point. Your boy, Mark Masters, mm. him recently, and he said it would be sort of a dream come true if the Leafs had called name. There you go. There you go. And, and I think that, you know, when I look at uh, when I take a look at what the prospect cover that the Maple Leafs have, I think they have some wingers, you know, like Robertson, Nyes, Amirov, um, you know, even like whatever you want to say about, uh, you know, Ovchinikov is another player. Uh, they've got some other young kids coming up as well who are more second tier you know, tertiary type of prospects. They've got some defensemen. They're they're pretty young. They got a couple of guys um, defensively, but don't really have any centermen outside of Irvinen, right? Like mm-hmm. in, in their organization. So I think that one of these guys, a Goucher or a Del Bell Blues, would be a, a solid pick for the Leafs in the first round. Um, if if those guys are the top players on the board at that moment in time, I'll uh, I'll even add a little bit of uh, scouting report to the. Woodbridge, Ontario native, really light on his skates, anticipates to play well. He's an effective defender, distributor, and shooter. So, seems he he's a guy that I Costantino had at twenty six, so not too far off from uh, what Bob has on his rankings too. Yeah, seventy six point season this year in uh, in the OHL um, for Luca Del Bell Blues, Woodbridge native from the Bridge. Mr. Del Bell Blue, so uh, which makes total sense that uh, this Italian cat would be from the bridge makes 100% sense. All right, moving on uh, to the final couple of picks here in the projected first round, I guess. Philip Mazer coming in uh, from another Slovakian coming in uh, forward out there, coming in at 30th, 31. Sam Rinzel 
of the USHS. So that's the oh United States High School League. It's not too often we see a, a U.S. high school. I think I remember Casey Middlestat. That was a player who came out of high school, and there was some people who thought, ah, I don't know if he's a worthy of a top ten pick. The talent level in the U.S. high school division not very well. I don't, and and there was just I remember some controversy there. Um, so we'll see what ends up happening with Sam Renzel and what they believe he could turn out to be. But coming in at number thirty-two. Maybe one of my favorite players in this entire draft. It's Tristan Luno uh, from Gatineau, Quebec, of the QMJHL. Right shot defenseman. It's got good size, good mobility, and a good dude, man. This guy was so talkative when I had him at the prospects game. Um, you know, like he's somebody who is like I, I just view him as a guy who could be a quality four in the NHL. And and you know, you, it's you're not always going to be drafting top pair defensemen. But if you can draft yourself like a surefire top four guy, like a fourth defenseman who's a two-way player, incredibly responsible uh, with the puck, makes smart decisions, I think that the Toronto Maple Leafs, if you know if they want to go in the direction of Tristan Luno, I'm a little biased because, like I said, he's my guy. Um, I, I would be, you know, I'd, I'd be happy if if they ended up drafting him. Quick anecdote when uh, when I had him, so he passed the puck up to. I can't remember who it was, but um, one of our players, it may have been Jagger Furcus, actually, who's a little bit later on. I think he's just a couple of picks lower. But um, he gave the puck up to Furcus, who I believe went in and scored on a bit of a, a two-on-one. But it was more of a play where he dumped the puck off and then was going off the ice. And just as he was getting off the ice, the puck went in. and said, hey, stay out there. Take your plus. And he's like, ah, it's all good. And then he looks back at me. He's like, actually, steps back out on the ice. He's like, I was at dash one in the first period. Maybe I do need that plus to even things out. I thought it was kind of funny that, uh, you know, he kept that in the kept that in the noodle that he was on the ice for the first goal that uh, that was allowed on them. And he said, uh, I know plus minus isn't the greatest stat, but it's a lot better being even than a dash one at the end of the night. Maybe I will keep one foot out on the ice there, coach. And, uh, you know, it was just it was just funny. He was a big smile in the dressing room. Love that kid. Hopefully he does go in the first round. I'm pulling for him. Pulling for this kid. Yeah, Scott Wheeler um, had a really good story on him. Maybe we should have, if the least, maybe potentially pick him up, we could have Scott on to talk about him. He said that he had a knee procedure. He did. At, at the beginning of the year, and he yeah. ended the season. So think about it, this kid had a knee procedure at the beginning of the season. Eventually, when Gadno made it to the playoffs, he was averaging a team high 25-33 per night and he had six points in seven playoff games yeah i i like that that just shows this kid can overcome a little bit of adversity and and be a big time performer for his team when needed yeah whoever gets tristan luna is going to be i think happy with uh with the outcome like he's just a guy who's going to be a steady eddie defenseman for the next 12 to 15 years you know in the nhl it's just you know he's not going to be a guy who makes a team as an 18 year old but you know he could develop into a, a quality a quality second pair you know number four in the nhl and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that you know i think every team wishes that they could have six number fours right mm -hmm. um so yeah maybe he can end up getting it getting it done and becoming a first rounder i'd love nothing more than to see that happen and if it's with the maple leafs dude that's a double smile on my end. Uh, any other players outside of the top 32 that you kind of are 
circling as potential guys for the Maple Leafs um, because I was also, when reading this piece that was sent out there by Bob McKenzie, he said that guys from like pick 30 all the way down to pick 50 also got some first round consideration from multiple general managers in the NHL. So, you know, all of these guys could potentially go in the first round from, you know, from 33 till about 50. So they've got 50 guys where GMs are split of whether or not they are first or second round players. So they're all fringe, not to say that they're all like first round talents, but I think that just goes to say that, you know, there's, uh, there's typically from about picks 25 to 50, it's really the same range of, of skill level. And at that point, it just comes down to developments, I think, um, which is also why I think Toronto potentially maybe could trade down, pick up some more draft picks or, you know, trade down and, and make some other deals and still get a, a quality player, you know, in the 40s or in the 50s. But uh, anybody else kind of stick out to you here in the rest of the top 50 here in Bob McKenzie's uh, rankings? So, I mean, not just because of his incredible name, but Jaeger Verkus. Oh. Yeah. This is, if you're looking for somebody who's got a little bit more of that goal scoring ability, and I think the Leafs could always use goal scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got, I think, a good shot and release. I've, I've kind of cut, kept my eye on him. I don't think this is exactly the, the player the Leafs need. But I thought it was quite interesting to see, you know, he's still in, in some lists. He's in the top 30. Some he's fallen out. So he's he. it feels like he could be a potential like wildcard player that kind of slips in and out of that first round potentially. Yeah, so. I know Craig Button. Um, he has Fergus. He may even have him in his top 20. At one point he did. At one point, he had him as top 20. I don't know if he slipped uh, uh, since, I think it was about his March rankings I saw. He was in his top 20 right around the prospect game. Um, uh, so, you know, he's a guy also, again, if in play at 25, I think so. I think so, absolutely. And the only thing about him, he is a small human being. He is really, really slight. He's like 150 pounds soaking mm-hmm. wet. So you're looking at him and you're like, okay. Who who'd they draft SDA? Was not SDA like 150 pounds when they drafted no, him? 160 like soaking wet, as they used to say. <laughs> yeah, so it's almost like that. Um, Berkus has more talent than than SDA yeah. does, and you know he can he can bury the puck just like you said. Um, he gave about two goals, and want to say he was the MVP of the top prospect game. Um, but ultimately, you know, is he going to be able to play with the big boys up in the NHL? <sighs> Lots of Smaller guys have been able to do that, right? So it's not that it can't happen, but more have flamed out than have succeeded, you know? So we'll see uh, We'll see what Jaeger Furkus can become in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Anyone else here that uh, interests you? Like the defenseman, uh, Kelly Odelius. Yeah, Kelly Odelius, yeah, from uh, Jurgarden, Sweden. Yeah, like he's a guy that you can easily look at here. Um, other than that, I think like a lot of the guys um, were expecting, it all depends on if any guys even fall down. Right. Yeah. In, in the, in the draft. I, yeah, I know if, if like a Brad Lambert falls, you're laughing. Cause I think he's an incredibly talented player who at one point was considered like a, the top pick of this draft, um, top three pick at the very least. And has since kind of slid a little bit, um, just didn't have a, a great year in the Finnish league 
So he's someone, if he continues to fall, you're happy. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. you, could get, uh, you can get a nice little scoring winger that way. And then, yeah, there's some other guys. Korchinski, if he ends up falling, I don't think these guys would. Like Mintyakov, they're probably solidified in the top 20. But, you know, some of those guys, if they end up falling, you're, man, you're getting yourself a heck of a player at 25. One more guy who I want to mention that's that's in the top 50. Um, two more guys, actually. At 41, Noah Warren from Gatineau, uh, the QMJHL, six foot five, 224-pound right shot defenseman, uh, another guy who I coached at the top prospect game. So a little bias, obviously, but he'd be someone where if they did trade back, potentially, like maybe this the first round's a little bit rich, but if they trade it back into like the mid-second round, um, or trade it back and, and just collect it a bit more picks like we see the Leafs do quite often, that'd be a guy who I think could potentially be in play, right? I just, if you're looking to get defensemen and you're the Maple Leafs, I really believe that you need some some guys, A, on the right side, B, some dudes with some, with, with some size, man. They, they need some size because they have, you know, enough of, of the Rileys and the Sandines and Topi Nimala's a, a smaller stature guy. They need some some meat back there. You look at the Stanley Cup champions, uh, both of those teams who were in the cup final, they both had some meat on the back end. You just got to have it. Um, and Noah Warren, 6'5", fits the bill. Um, so I think he's one guy uh, who potentially could uh, could be somebody if the Maple Leafs you know, move around the draft board a little bit. And then Maverick Lamoureux, another guy at the QMJHL, six foot six and three quarters, damn near six foot seven, 200 pounds. He'll fill that, uh, he'll fill out and he'll be a little bit bigger of a player by the time he completes his, you know, puberty process and becomes a man. Uh, so that's a dude who also has a lot of size and height and uh, Maverick Lamoureux is is another player that would interest me in a trade-down situation if the Leafs were able to get a second-round pick. They don't have a second-round pick this year, so maybe these guys aren't really, you know, people to, to keep an eye on unless they do go and take them in the first round. If they really are looking for that size, like these are the two players with size in the top 50 um, who are also right-shot defensemen. So uh, just another couple guys who I thought uh, we should toss out there for players that the Maple Leafs may be eh, potentially keeping an eye on. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of guys between now and the guy and compile all that. Things will things will change likely between now and the end of or going into the draft. Just the way yeah. It goes. yeah, you froze there for half a second, so I missed oh. the first part of what you were saying. But- oh. I was just saying that things will change. Things will change between now and the draft. There, a guy could have had a you know something pop up in an interview or, you know, yeah. something with their physical testing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Testing something in the medicals. You know that stuff always happens. Although I do recall Sam Bennett can do a single chin up, still one third or still one fourth overall in the draft uh, that year. Can't remember who went fifth right after. Was it Lindholm? Lindholm go number five. Was that that year? Uh, ooh, you're... 2014. It was the 2014 draft. I'll look it up really quickly. 2014 NHL draft. We have Sam Bennett. I have. Yep. Lindholm. Dow Cole. No, Dow Cole. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Gross. Dow Cole and Vertanen, Flurry, 
and then Willie Nylander. The Lin- oh, so Lindholm wasn't even. He was before. He was. He may have been 2013. Now I think about it, um, because he was the top 10 pick, Elias Lindholm. He may have. Been, he may have been 2013. Uh, yeah, Nylander coming in at number eight. So thank you to the Islanders, Vancouver, and Carolina for whiffing on those picks. Um, Calgary also because Nylander is definitely a better player than Sam Bennett. Uh, but Buffalo, how about that? Taking Sam Reinhardt over Leon Dreisaitl. Oof. Dude, we're going to have to get into, you know, the, the off season's coming up now. And like once, you know, we still got a bunch of free agent talk, draft talk. But once you get into the summer, we're going to start doing, looking back and, and seeing like, you know, doing some redrafts and whatnot. But I always find those kind of fun, some, some redrafts and seeing, you know, where guys whipped and, and why these teams are, you know, kind of in the gutter right now. And you look at some squads and, and why that is, well, you go and look at the 2016 draft, or the 2015 draft, rather, and go and look at the, the picks that Boston made three in a row. Boom, boom, boom. And look at the ones right after. Boom, boom, boom. Imagine if they would have had Barzell, Kyle Connor, and Thomas Shabbat instead of Zach Senshin, Jacob Zaboral, and Jake DeBrusque. Oh, just a brutal, brutal trio of picks right there oh man poor boston just kidding it's, no. uh, <laughs> nope no it's it's good that you suck so you know it's that's because you don't know how to draft that's exactly what it is screw boston that's the narrative here all right we're getting loopy we're getting loopy dave it's late in the night so we're gonna we're gonna call it let's do some cosign no sign tomorrow let's do it tomorrow uh, for tomorrow's show. All right, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Also follow the show at Lockdown Leafs on Twitter. Let's leave a, a like, leave a comment down below. Some of the players that you are interested in the Maple Leafs potentially uh, drafting at pick number 25. Um, and uh yeah so that'd be greatly appreciated and to share let your friends know about the show and everything go ahead leave a review on on itunes and and wherever you get your podcasts we'll be back with another episode tomorrow but until then keep it locked right here on locked on